Thanks to its R&D efforts, BKT is committed to helping customers succeed by offering high-quality, top-performance, and reliable tires that can handle any job in more than 160 countries worldwide. Welcome to this episode of the Modern Tire Dealer Show. I'm Mike Mangus, editor of Modern Tire Dealer. When it comes to tire marketing, Bill Bainbridge of CJ's Automotive has seen and done it all during his 47-year career. He shares his experience and some valuable advice for fellow independent tire dealers during this episode of the Modern Tire Dealer Show. This is a can't-miss interview with one of the tire industry's most successful and experienced marketers, so let's get to it. Hey, Bill, welcome to this episode of the Modern Tire Dealer Show. Great to have you here. Uh, Mike, thanks. I uh, enjoyed it. A um, uh, uh, little late, but welcome back to uh, Modern Tire Dealer for you as well. Well, thank you. It's 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 been great, and and one of the uh, most enjoyable aspects of working here at Modern Tire Dealer is getting to talk to individuals like yourself. And um, you are uh, coming up on fifty years of of working in the tire industry and uh, currently uh, semi-retired, uh, still working for CJ's Automotive uh, based in uh, PA as vice president uh, and and working on some special projects for the dealership. But it's, uh, it's not every day that we get the opportunity to talk to somebody with your uh, tremendous amount of experience and, and perspective. Um, you know, and, and today we're going to be talking about retail tire marketing, which is right up your alley. That's what you've spent the majority of your your uh, forty seven uh, plus year career um, uh, working on, and um, you've you've kind of seen it from almost every side of of the table, from manufacturing. And I'm thinking about your days at uh, Toyo when you were in charge mm-hmm. of uh, marketing there, and then later on when you were in charge of marketing for Handcook Tire North America. And then uh, at some point uh, along the way, you you uh, were at SEMA, so you've seen it from the, the association side. And then uh, for the last several years, you've been with CJ's uh, working on the, the dealer and, and wholesale distribution side of of the house. And uh, that's, that's a tremendous, uh, the diverse, uh, 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 resume and and a lot of a lot of perspective coming from different angles and I guess the big the big jumping off question to to get the conversation rolling, Bill, would be, you know, in all the years you've been involved with this, how has how has retail tire marketing evolved over the course of of your career? Um, well, uh, I guess uh, first of all, uh, you know, nineteen seventy six. In some ways, seems like yesterday. In other uh, other ways, I can't believe that it's uh, it's been this many years. But you know, to answer your question, uh, you know, things are so we're we're in such a different world. Uh, you know, today when I started in the business in a uh, a BF Goodrich uh, company-owned store uh, that not only sold uh, tires but lawn mowers and refrigerators and uh, and everything else. Um, Obviously, that's uh, pretty much not the case. Uh, there aren't too many business models that are uh, like that anymore. Um, but it's, uh, you know, I think the, the biggest change, if you will, has been uh, tech, to nobody's surprise is technology. I mean, we've come so far in the technology of the product. We've come so far in the technology of marketing and trying to, you know, different ways and methods to reach consumers and I guess over the last 47, 48 years, I've tried just about all of them. 
Well, yeah, I think I think we all can remember uh, the yellow pages, and uh, <laughs> I'm sure a lot of our listeners used to place ads in the sports pages of uh, their local newspapers. You don't see. You know, I, I, re- I remember doing that again back in the. It was a uh, BF Goodrich company store in Phoenixville, uh, Pennsylvania. It was very mm-hmm. close to uh, the, the plant that BFG had in in Oaks, uh, Pennsylvania, and it was coming off of the time that you know, uh, right around that time, Firestone had their issues, uh, you know, with the 500, mm-hmm. and so uh, you know, our big. Uh, I remember you know crafting quarter page newspaper ads with uh, you know here are the tires, the sizes, and the prices. And, uh, you know, that's one form of advertising I think really has disappeared is not uh, not aware of too many uh, uh, people or businesses using the newspaper, if you will, in our industry on a regular uh, regular basis to advertise tires. I, I can't I can't think of very many off the top of my head. And then, of course, uh, you had the yellow pages, which are virtually obsolete. I mean, I, I still get the phone book delivered oddly enough, like a lot of us do, but I don't think anybody uses the phone book anymore. It's become like a completely obsolete tool now that we have. And and again, I think that's, uh, you know, when I referenced, uh, you know, technology, uh, not just entire product, but technology and communications, um, you know, uh, I guess we can attribute it to Al Gore's internet (laughs) creation (laughs) that has just made, you know, finding information and passing along information has become uh, so prevalent and so, uh, so easy for people that it makes things like the yellow pages, a thing of the past, Uh, you know, newspaper subscriptions have, uh, you know, have really been uh, shrinking because, you know, it's so easy to get your news fix, uh, you know, online. Yeah, everything has shifted online, and really, I th- I think that that accelerated the last uh, several years because of COVID, right? Like, uh, yeah, there's there's no questions, uh, you know, over over my again forty five, six, seven, eight years, whatever it is, um, you know, the communication methods have have changed a lot, um, and but it's been you know it was gravel, uh, gradual, gradual uh, was an evolution, but but COVID. Uh, that really forced an awful lot of uh, sweeping changes. I know, you know, here at CJ's, when uh, when the COVID thing started, you know, we immediately, you know, uh, uh, operated, if you will, with a philosophy is this might slow us down, but it's not going to slow us out. Um, we've got to find a way to, to uh, COVID isn't going to last forever. Um, so, you know, we kind of sharpened, you know, all of our tools, you um, I think that's when we really started to uh, put a deeper emphasis on the customer experience mm-hmm. and uh, knowing that, you know, the, the, the smartest investments we could make uh, would be on our, our, our people. And uh, we had a lot of, the good news is we had a lot of loyalty. We had a lot of employees that were able to stay with us and uh, strengthening that consumer experience and then really ramping up uh, digital communications um, then that's probably now that's really become our primary uh, way of communicating with existing customers, uh, trying to build loyalty with existing customers, and then, uh, you know, uh, doing things digitally and uh, uh, in order to attract new customers. What are some of the most effective uh, digital tools that, that CJ's is using right now to, to reach customers? Well, we're, we're, we're trying them all. Uh, obviously, you know, first starts with, you know, search engine optimization. And we want to make sure that uh, people that uh, if they're looking for uh, 
if they truly are shopping, if you will, we want to make sure that they can easily find us. Um, a digital a display of retargeting has been uh, has been good for us, so that we, you know we can specifically uh, find the uh, consumers online that are looking for product, and we 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 will do some advertising to follow them around. Um, you know, I know sometimes I even get a little uncomfortable with with that when I see messaging for something I looked for or shopped for two days ago, and then I get an ad for it when I'm you know trying to check sports scores. Yeah. But, you know, that's the way we live. And that's uh, there's been so much technology that's evolved, uh, you know, to make life uh, easy. And, and uh, you know, time has really become the, you know, the uh, what would be the right way to put it. Time has just become so important to consumers. So, you know, ease of finding us, easy to do business and then making certain that we uh, we, if we do a good job and we get, you know, positive reviews and, and, you know, again, our, our Google scores average, you know, 4.5, 4.6, 4.7 across our stores. That's really important because again, particularly with the, uh, under 40 crowds, so to speak, uh, looking for, if they haven't already made a, an affirmative decision about where, what they're going to buy and where they're going to buy it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, the importance of having a solid reputation online is really, really important. And again, the only way to get that is to have a better consumer experience uh, when they're in store than anywhere else. You know, for years and years in Modern Tire Dealer, we've written about word of mouth being probably the the, the preeminent form of, of advertising where people, if they have a great experience, will tell their friends. If they have a not so great experience, they also will tell their family and friends. But all of that's been uh, completely amplified through things like Google reviews yes. and Google ratings. And, and, and the smarter dealers that we talk to, or I should say the more digital savvy dealers that we talk to always emphasize the importance of actively managing your online reputation and your Google uh, rating and, and what people are saying about you online. Have you found that to be the case at CJ's? A hundred percent. You know, one of the things that, uh, that I uh, preached in all of the training that I've done, not only for our own employees, but training that I do for some of our, uh, you know, some of our, cust our wholesale customers um, you know, starts with the phrase satisfying the customer isn't good enough. Um, I don't think we have a competitor out there whose mission is to not satisfy a customer. So if that's all, uh, you know, anyone's doing is satisfying a customer, uh, they're probably not getting a lot of four star plus reviews. And uh, we just think that's really important, not just to satisfy a customer, but to exceed their expectations. And when you do that, uh, and you're lucky enough to to you know get a positive review. You know one positive review is is powerful, but one negative review is ten times as powerful. Yeah. So uh, you know getting the again focused on the customer experience and then you know exploiting that and using that as a basis of recommendation um, and to build uh, you know trust uh, with a consumer is uh, it's got to be number one on the priority list. Having having been on the manufacturer side of the of the business, uh, Bill, at various points during your career in its pretty high level positions, making pretty pretty big decisions regarding advertising spend and marketing spends. I I think uh, back to uh, when you uh, helped uh, launch uh, the 
what I believe was the first uh, Major League Baseball sponsorship uh, during uh, your days at Hankook, uh, now which has become a very commonplace thing. Other manufacturers have done the same, but uh, you were kind of at the the forefront. You know, sports sports marketing has always fascinated me. You know, what what value is there in uh, sponsoring something like uh, Major League Baseball or or you know another sporting event or a sporting league? I mean, well, from a from an awareness standpoint, I don't I don't think you can beat uh, sports marketing. You know, we found out. Uh, you know, and I'll, I'll let's talk about sports as a very broad uh, category. So not only uh, sports, you know, baseball, football, basketball, those kinds of sports, but think, you know, motorsports, and think of all the different, uh, you know, activities. I mean, we we kind of started back in the '70s uh, when I was with the. Uh, uh, BFG, and then ultimately part of Unirail Goodrich, that merger. And then, you know, even after Michelin took us, we always felt like it was important to engage with people. And sports and motorsports is a great way to engage with consumers. So one benefit, obviously, of sports marketing is there's, there's a, just a natural propensity for people that, you know, enjoy a hobby or enjoy a sport to feel good about supporting the sponsors of those events, activities, and so forth. So, you know, that's number one. And number two is to be associated with, you know, with other brands that may be mm -hmm. equal to, or perhaps even larger in size. There's a, there's a prestige, if you will, associated with it. Mm -hmm. When you go to my days at, uh, you know, at, at Hancock, you know, uh, you know, back in the day, uh, Hancock was, you know, struggling, if you will, to to find its its placement, if you will, uh, you know, in the industry from a brand awareness standpoint. They always made a great product. I mean, I think over my 50 years, I I will certainly attest to the to the quality of that product. But uh, you know, nurturing it and getting people aware of it. So you know, we were we were pretty lucky working alongside Rich Clark and the Clark Advertising Group out in mm -hmm. uh, in New York. Yeah, uh, we saw some some uh, opportunity with signage um, at uh, Madison Square Garden for uh, Rangers hockey. We saw some uh, Madison Square Garden signage with uh, with NBA. Mm -hmm. But I think the real thing was finding and thinking about uh, when you know some of the newer stadiums were being built. Now I'm, let's see, when am I going back? I'm going back into the early '90s, I suppose. Mm -hmm. um, and you saw. Um, uh, the home plate signage being created in these newer parks. And it's a, it's, you know, it's a scroll, it's a rotational signage. Mm -hmm. And we saw that as an opportunity because as sports was, you know, becoming popularized and ESPN as an example grew from one network to what is it? I think there's like five or six different uh, ESPN channels. So uh, again, we saw baseball as a good place to, to really start and exploit it. And that home plate signage was an opportunity to, um, you know, get a couple of half an innings, you get exposure to the people into the ballpark, but the real benefit was in sports reporting. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sports enthusiast myself, um, back in the day, you hey, know, you're a big Phillies, Phillies fan, right? Uh, still a very big Phillies <laughs> fan. We, we, we can talk about that a little bit, although they are playing a little better lately. So anyway, <laughs> yeah. uh, we saw the opportunity as these local cable sports in the major cities like Philadelphia was Comcast the sports network. We saw that uh, starting to explode. 
And, you know, almost every night there was an opportunity for signage to become visible in one of those highlights that was played over and over and over again between 6 a.m. and and uh, 9 a.m. in the morning on regional sports. And then, uh, you know, when baseball started, you know, went through a, a bit of a renaissance and more and more networks got involved with uh, with baseball. You know, that signage really was a was a great way to say, you know, look, this this company that you're not always sure how to pronounce it and you don't really know who it is, but they must be something to mm-hmm. be uh, engaged like that. So it, it uh, you know, it just evolved. And we started with one ballpark, then we went to four or five ballparks. And then uh, I left, uh, you know, Hancock, um, you know, right at the time, then uh, we were negotiating with Major League Baseball, I think, uh, 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 Falcon uh, had it for a couple of years. And then Hancock was lucky enough to uh, steal it away from them. And, and, uh, you know, they're, they're obviously still um, you know, for more than 10 or 12 years now, um, it certainly seems to be a strategy that's working for that brand. Well, even even signage, I think, in a small to mid, mid-level, mid-sized uh, baseball club, you know, uh, the, the number of impressions must be astronomical. And like you said, then you well, get that I, extra amplification. When I came, uh, when I left, uh, you know, and, and kind of semi-retired when I left Hancock and um, – you know, I engaged uh, here at CJ's, you know, first at a small consulting role. And then, uh, you know, Paul and uh, Skip said, why don't you come on board full time? You're too young to be retired. And they were right. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so one of the first things that uh, that we did was uh, we did a radio campaign uh, to connect ourselves with the Phillies in Philadelphia because, you know, uh, you know, through the early 2000s, uh, they were hot, won a World Series in 2008, and very competitive. And uh, and then uh, uh, Reading, Pennsylvania, close to our uh, our headquarters, um, is the AA affiliate, um, uh, the Reading R Phils. And uh, we we applied the same thing. Or I, or I applied the same thing when I came here to CJ's. Is let's uh, let's get some outfield signage there so that it's visible for everybody in the ballpark. Be associated with uh, the other brands, some national and some uh, local and regional. And then let's get behind home plate. Um, because, you know, uh, the minor league baseball was uh, broadcast, you know, by the local cable company, you know, here in Reading. So there was, uh, you know, we had that powerful benefit and, and worked just as well here with uh, uh, local sports reporting, the local cable companies. Um, and now that, uh, you know, minor league baseball, major league baseball has kind of taken over a little bit with, uh, with minor league baseball and the, the dividends are just as good today as they were you know, 12, 14 years ago. Oh, that's great. That's a great success story. You know, CJ sells to a lot of uh, smaller independent dealers uh, at the, uh, the wholesale channel. Are, are there certain challenges inherent in, in being a smaller dealer when it comes to digital advertising? I guess, or maybe I should rephrase that. What What should smaller dealers focus on if they want to get a digital advertising, digital marketing program off the ground? Are there some quick hits or quick wins that they can uh, accumulate off the bat? Well, uh, I'll say this, before they spend their first dime uh, uh, in virtually any kind of advertising, dealer needs to you know, look in the mirror and and ask yourself, well, what is, what's my competitive edge? You know, who am I competing with? And what, what is it about me uh, 
um, that that you can exploit. So before you actually buy any media, um, you really got to think about well, what what is your message, if you will. Mm-hmm. Again, when I came here to uh, to CJ's, um, and and again to, to kind of clarify, we're a we're a 50-50 company. In other words, we have 17 uh, retail stores, um, and then we have our our wholesale distribution is under the uh, we operate under the name the Tire Source, but mm-hmm. it's all one company under the CJ's umbrella. But anyway, back to your your question. First thing the small guy should do is like, well, what is my competitive advantage? Advantage, and then how can I exploit that? And again, I hate to keep going back to uh, the focus on the customer experience, but you got to have that first. Mm-hmm. So I work on 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 reputation management. That would be my first thing is to look inside. And then I would want to see uh, and do whatever I could to take care of the customers that I already have. Because, again, uh, if you've got someone that's showing you some loyalty, uh, there's a pretty good chance that they would be willing to be an ambassador for you if they're asked for um, you know, an, an opinion, if you will, about your business or about mm-hmm. the products you sell. Um, so anyway, I think that's first. So I think, you know, doing some things and having a voice in social media is, uh, is pretty important. Um, that would be the first thing that I would spend, uh, you know, I would recommend spending a, a few nickels and dimes on, uh, with, uh, uh probably start with Facebook and then, uh, consider some, uh, what you can do from a video content standpoint. Um, and then, uh, digitally, um, I think from, uh, you know, we like to know there are a lot of companies out there and we experimented, it took us a little while, uh, but we've experimented with a lot of digital companies, you know, traditional media like radio, uh, they want to sell you that they've created digital departments as well. Um, you know, so of all the, you know, local and cable, uh, you know, TV stations and networks. Um, so I, I personally like retargeting. So that, you know, when someone's uh, on our, has been on our website, uh, taking that message and trying to pass it through, um, I think that's very important is, uh, you know, chasing down the consumer that's been to your, to your website mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, trying to turn a shopper into a customer. Thanks to its R&D efforts, BKT is committed to helping customers succeed by offering high quality, top performance and reliable tires that can handle any job in more than 160 countries worldwide. Are, are there are there agencies that can help you with that? Let's say you're not uh, particularly savvy when it comes to remarketing and how you go about remarketing and retargeting. Uh, can can yeah, you hire I, help? Bring yeah, in experts. Well, if you if you have any kind of an association with uh, with you know any any media radio tv or whatever as i said they all have digital uh, divisions and and specialized uh, you know departments and sub agencies um you know if you if you search digital advertising online digital advertising near me uh, you know just about any uh, uh boutique uh agency will you know they they invest enough in the technology to, so I, I i don't think a dealer has to look very very long or very hard to be able to find someone in their local market that's got the expertise to to help them and make recommendations. And you're also saying, rewinding a couple of minutes, that you should you should actively solicit uh, positive feedback from customers to see. Yeah, no, if- no question about that. I mean, we try to to you know remind 
uh, our sales associates that when you're when you're thanking the customer and you're saying goodbye is to reaffirm, you know, did we meet? Did we at least meet your expectations today, or did we exceed them? And then uh, when we when we get the good word from the customer at at point of sale that they say, yeah, I'm very happy, I'm very satisfied, or or yes, you 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 know, I'm really impressed. It's like, well, then would you mind leaving us a review? And again, that's something that a dealer can. Um, uh, you know, tie into their point of sale system. Um, and, and we do that with our CRM uh, tool, uh, uh, getting back to those customers. And, you know, uh, three days after the, after a sale is made, um, you know, send a text or an email to the consumer to confirm whether it was a good experience and flat out asking them, well, if, if you had a good experience, uh, you know, would you, would you, you know, please uh, take a minute or two and give us a, a review or leave us a review. And certainly if you didn't have a good experience, tell us about it and tell us why. Do, do you find most customers who've had good experiences are receptive to that request? Um, yeah, not as many as you might think, mm-hmm. um, uh, which again is a little surprising, but then I think about myself, uh, you know, as a, as a consumer. It goes back to what I said before about satisfying the customer isn't good enough. You know, um, when I shop for something or, or I go to a restaurant and everything is okay, mm-hmm. um, I'm not generally worried about going and leaving a review, but I feel really yeah. good about it. if I've been impressed uh, by an experience, if, if my expectations were exceeded, Hey, I, I want to promote that because uh, I, I want to experience it again. And I would think my friends, neighbors and relatives and, and even people that are searching online that, that, that see a, a positive review. That's again, that's so valuable, uh, you know, to any business is to have ambassadors out there that, uh, you know, uh, are, are more than willing to to uh, give them an endorsement. Bill, as we wind down this episode of the Modern Tire Dealers Show, any thoughts on how retail tire marketing will continue to evolve and what uh, what dealers, particularly smaller dealers, need to remember and, and prepare for? Well, again, uh, first is, is take care of the customers that you have. So that involves the customer experience and then having a retention tool. Um, you know, in a way to go back and communicate with that customer days, weeks, months, and repeatedly going, getting back to the, uh, in communication with those, uh, with those customers. That's number one. Uh, number two is to, you know, find, a uh, you know, a local partner in media or an agency that, you know, can help, um, you know, advise you and show you some of the, the tricks, if you will, that are out there in order to attract new customers. Um, uh, digitally, I think digital is, is clearly, uh, you know, uh, an ever evolving, uh, opportunity. Uh, but I guess I also want to say, don't, don't forget the traditional things as well. Again, we talked earlier, I'm a big proponent of what sports marketing can do. And if you can find the right, uh, value of an investment, uh, you know, I encourage anybody to look at, at, at getting engaged with, you know, activities like that, um, I still believe uh, radio, uh, you know, uh, it's hard maybe for the 
uh, a single location, uh, you know, that small of a dealership, but, you know, maybe they can approach whoever their distributors are mm-hmm. about creating a co-opable uh, ad along with some other dealers mm-hmm. uh, using some manufacturer money. That might be a way that, uh, you know, that a, a small uh, dealership could get together with some other fee- people, uh, form their own little advertising co-op. Um, I think those are some uh, some pretty good ideas. So, you know, Digital is on the move, but don't forget some of the traditional ways that I believe are still effective uh, in trying to leverage your brand and and raise awareness for your brand so that when a customer is ready to buy, um, they're aware and you're at least in the in the in their consideration. Bill, all of that is is great advice and it sounds like very very practical, actionable advice as well. Uh, wish we had some more time to talk. We'll have to have you back on the show at some point. Uh, well, elaborate. happy to do it. It's been, uh, uh, I appreciate uh, visiting with you a little bit, Mike. And uh, yeah, anytime, um, I'll be glad to participate. Really enjoyed it, Bill. Thanks for joining us today and, and hope you have a great week. Thanks, Mike. Same to you. Thank you. Take care. Yep. Thanks for listening to the Modern Tire Dealer Show. Don't forget to subscribe to this show on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, Audible, and other popular podcast platforms. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon. Whether you're working on a farm, a construction site, or in the OTR industry, BKT has a tire for you.